Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life. I'm Robert Kane. You ever think about doing that with like a different inflection? I mean, welcome. Welcome to Simple Theology. To simple a Theology. A podcast connecting that's, that's still like, theology yeah. to everyday life. Everyday life. I am Robert Kane. That's good. That's good. I'm Thanks. Rick Roblick. A um, thought for your thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, today's episode is uh, unique in two ways. One, we're going to spend the whole episode talking about one thing, uh, the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, and some news that broke about that. And it's going to be unique another way because we have a special guest. A very us. special guest. A very special guest. Um, so you're going to want to listen. You're going to want to tune in for this one. Doing, Rob, I'm doing really good actually. Good. Yeah, um, you want to you paint a little picture of where we are, what we're doing? I mean, Robert, I mean, it's pretty clear what we're doing for the most part. Robert's ensconced. Um, that's a nice word. You like that? That's a good. You don't know what I'm gonna say after that though. That's the question. Yeah, well. Cigar smoke, pretty much. Yep, we're in the garage. Whose garage? My garage. Okay, thank you. Um, so it places us in Mount Vernon. Right? Ohio. That's right. Because I haven't moved. And there's like two dozen Mount Vernons throughout the That's nation. Right. Rob's sitting at um, a mahogany table. Is this mahogany? It, it's a replica oh, okay. of a mahogany <laughs> table. Um, smoking. What kind of cigar you got there, this Rob? This is a Project 40. There you go. Okay. Project Alec, 40. Alec Bradley. Yeah. I think yeah. he was the one who made it. Okay. Any, anything well else? Well done, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> um, doing that. Recording a podcast. We got some peanuts. We're just. I want to also. It's also Memorial Day. It is Memorial Day, but I also want to make another note about the cigar. Oh yeah, sorry. Back to the cigar. It's got a so it's got the band on it that tells you who makes it, what model, so yes. to speak, it is. Yeah. Um, there's also a second band on it that is in light blue, and in all caps it says Experimental Series, which makes me a little yeah. concerned. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> It's so, um, the tobacco is experimental, so okay, okay. We'll keep our eye on uh, you, Robert. Yeah, just keep a close watch we'll on see me. See how this podcast goes. <laughs> As the cigar gets smaller, um, but the cigar, yeah, is courtesy, courtesy, no, of, <laughs> of good friend of the pod. That's right, and of me personally, <laughs> yes. uh, Pete Thompson, Pete. who is joining us on on the episode. Pete, real quick. Uh-huh. In like 30 seconds or less. Not that we wouldn't want to hear you for longer than that. <laughs> Let's keep it 30 seconds or less. Um, describe who you are, family, church, where you live, that stuff. Okay. And, um, and your thoughts on Robert. Well, yeah, we already yeah. know those are yeah, great. We don't so have a long going. enough episode for that. Oh, boy. Um, uh, Pete Thompson. Um, I'm a pastor uh, about 30 minutes uh, west of here mm-hmm. in Marengo, Ohio. Gethsemane yes. Baptist Church. Been there since 2020. Moved there, moved here uh, to Mount Vernon from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm married with one wife, and had a boy. Yeah, Good clarification. <laughs> yeah, just want to be clear. And uh, I've got I've got one wife and uh, and two little girls, a two year old and a one year old, and um, living the dream. What was your other question? Is that it? I think that was that's that was biographical it. information. Wow, that was yeah, and I like Rob. Yeah. Rob's great. Rob is top Thank notch. Yeah, he's great. As Rob says, top four. I was four. happy to buy him top shelf. This you. experimental yeah. cigar and see what would happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <to> him. <laughs> yeah. You're the same kind, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you yeah. took the experimental yeah. we're, band we're off, though. We're both going to be. I yeah, see. I didn't want to. Yeah, a little I didn't want to think about it. it. <laughs> I didn't want to think about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Well, we're here in the garage. Yeah. Um, to have a nice conversation. Yep. About the SBC. Yes. So Pete is, I mean, this guy is, is Baptist among Baptists. And so I, I like to view myself as a capital B Baptist. And some guys in our church have, I say some guys, I mean one guy. Yeah. <laughs> has actually called me Captain Baptist. And so I view that title fondly. Yeah. I'm very grateful for it. It's a badge of honor. But yeah. guys guys like me look at Pete and say, yeah. that's Captain Baptist. That's like this guy, true. this guy knows I Baptist. Think Admiral, so not true. Admiral Baptist. <laughs> Admiral's so higher true. than Captain, then yes. I, I cannot live I'm up the, to that. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really new to the SBC. I don't know about yeah. you. Well, I'm actually really I, new I've to the SBC. I've been in the SBC since 2016. So here's okay. the thing. If you're not... So, no, 2015. 2015. If you're not in the SBC, most SBCers don't think you're Baptist unless you're in the SBC. That's not true. Okay. That's a caricature. That's You're, unfair. I, I, think, I think he's talking about us. I resent that. Because we keep pressuring him to join the SBC. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, t- I mean, if anything, today's conversation will definitely push that. him over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And help yeah, yeah. him. Oh, actually, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mis- I misread your direction. Decision there. made. Yeah. No, but we're, we're glad both Rob, both and Pete are SBC pastors, and we want to kind of dive into this news, which is a few weeks later than the breaking news, but the guidepost report. I don't think it's a few weeks. I think it's only a week and a day. Like it came out, came out not Sunday. yesterday, but a week, a week before If you that. listen to this when it drops, then it'll be still more, oh, yeah. somewhat That's fresh news. That's but, a good point. Um, but yeah, so we just want to sit down and talk about a little bit about the report, um, the response, how to think about these things and where to go from there. So, I mean, tons of news. I don't remember the last evangelical news item that broke like this i mean probably in 2019 the houston chronicle but which even, is what i don't even know if that this was report. this big it was pretty I don't big know. no i mean i'm not saying it wasn't big i'm just this is yeah it was, anyway pete do you remember that the i mean you obviously remember the I houston don't remember chronicle, details but do you remember how many segments it was it was like i want to say it was at least two parts maybe up to four parts the houston chronicle they released it sequentially because right. there was so much that they were yeah unveiling yeah so some background yeah is that that was released in 2019, I believe it was February 2019, and then that basically led to the this report. People saying, hey, there's, there's an issue here, we need to look into it. The messengers yeah. said we need to do some type of investigation. The executive committee announced, and back, this was back in 2021, when we were in, gathering in Nashville, mm. And I was there for that. And that was my first one, which that was a doozy of a gathering. So fun first one to go to. Yeah. yeah, me too. And you were there. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. It was my you first guys didn't one. See each other? Just. <laughs> yeah. How could for we some not? Reason. How could we I not? Seventeen thousand messengers. Yeah, like, I said, well, I almost said fourteen. Are you going to 000. Anaheim? No, I'm not. Yeah. Whose decision was it to go to Anaheim? Who makes that call? Somebody who is not responsible. <laughs> Somebody not on this podcast. Can't tell you <laughs> yeah. That. Seriously. So was, I did actually hear that they try to go to the West Coast once every four years. Yeah. Makes so, sense. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but anyways, <clears throat> um, 2021, they said we are going to do an investigation, yeah. and here's how it's going to go. And then somebody made a motion mm-hmm. to say, hey, we're glad you're doing an investigation. However, the executive committee should not oversee this because there's... It was Grant Gaines. Was okay. that Grant Gaines? I, I don't know. I think it was Grant Gaines. He is... He and... Um, oh... Now I can't remember his name. He's he's down in Charlotte at uh, Christ Community Church. Um, Grant Gates is at Bellevue. Okay. And um, and and he has headed this thing up, and uh, he has done such an incredible job. Yeah. Um, but you're right. In 2021, 
um, he made a motion to not have the EC, um, the executive committee, which is one of the entities of the Southern Baptist Convention. Am I right in saying that? It's one of the entities. So, yeah, I think it is. It's, it's, an, just, it's, a, it's an official it's entity. It's not one of the, like, six big ones. So I think there were six big ones in that. There's the seminaries. There's North American Mission Board. Yeah. There's the IMB, the International Mission right. Board, the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission, Lifeway, uh-huh. and Guidestone. Right. So to my knowledge, those are the six big ones. I think the executive committee, correct me if I'm wrong, oversees what those kind of do. Not, I don't think in like an authoritative when, way. Well, they're supposed to act. The reason why I said it was an entity was because they are, they are supposed to act. They are supposed to act ad interim when the convention is not when the churches are not convening right those those two or three days so they ensure so, that so, what, it, so officially the sbc does not exist well that's what it'd be helpful to take a step back and yeah, three days rob just like give us the structure the the layout of the sbc yeah. as an entity among well yeah yeah okay so that's uh, we, is an entity and then isn't then is then yeah isn't. We, so we were saying earlier <laughs> the guy that'd be really helpful to have on this podcast is buzz buzz coker he is i mean, I mean he knows the sbc tremendously well works for nam um however he well, i don't even know if he'd be allowed to come on and, and speak about this so i'll do my best but this is this is definitely going to fall short of someone who knows it better someone like buzz but the sbc is technically not a denomination it's right. technically just a convention of churches that are cooperating together right. to fuel a common mission yeah so when people hear the word denomination they naturally think the SBC would, but just share a little bit the difference between like the SBC compared to Lutherans, Presbyterians, right. United Methodist Church. Right, and so this, this is one of the keys, is that the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, a, conven- a convention of cooperating churches, does not carry any authority over the churches that are convening to cooperate together. Yeah. And so whereas the Presbyterian, the Presbyterian Church of America may come together and the churches may say, hey, this is what we want you to do, but they would be more toward the bottom of the hierarchy. And then higher up, different presbyteries or different uh, like the general bodies. assembly yeah. for the PCA, they would have the final say. Right. Whereas in the SBC, the churches have the final say yeah. because there's no higher authority than the local church. And so when they come together to convene, they're saying this is how we want to work. Yeah. For the next year, co- we gather every year. Together. This is what we want to do. Yeah, and some decisions are made: how money is going to be spent, how we're going to go about various different things, and then for that year, as Pete, you were saying, the executive committee basically oversees to make sure those things take place. Right, and, and the requirements to be an SBC church are compared to denominations. Rel- Str- strictly speaking, are pretty simple. Pretty simple. You agree to the. Baptist Faith and Message. Yep, Baptist Faith and Message 2000. 2000. And then you Which give... They, I mean, just a brief comment on that. If they if they would have just, like, really held tightly to this, then they could avoid a lot of issues within the SBC. Yeah. But they don't. Right. Which is unfortunate. But not that it would have resolved this issue. But yes. there's other issues that the SBC has just yeah. kind of been lax on. And right. if they would just really say, hey, if you're going to be a cooperating church, you have to affirm the Baptist Faith. Baptist Faith and Message 2000. If you don't want to affirm it, that's fine. This just isn't the place for you. Right. But they affirm that. Right. Give 10% of their internal tithes every year. I think it's 6%. 6%. Yeah. And that's it. 
That's and then that's I think they encourage bottom, you to give another four percent toward like church planting efforts or but various as far other as things. minimum, like that's the minimum, right? Then then you yeah. can be in. Yeah. So point being, like a lot of churches can just easily hop in without a whole lot of vetting or oh, yeah. instant. They're not really institutionalized into the quote unquote association. Right. Um, whereas, like with PCA, uh, all kinds of other denominations, there's it's more rigid. You kind of have to take more of the DNA, become more like that culture right. to jump in, which also explains how the SBC is so large, right? comparatively speaking. Right. Pete, what would yeah. you add to that? Yeah, just going back to the denominational question, I mean, you've got maybe a better the, – the, the PCA is a little harder to, to compare with the SBC because there is some bottom-up-ness right. to it. So there's some there's some similarities to the PCA. Maybe maybe a better maybe a better comparison or a contrast I should say is, you know, like a like a Lutheran denomination or an Episcopal denomination okay. yep. where you've got you've got a ruling body. This is the idea behind um, denominations mm-hmm. denominationalism, is that you have a ruling body that that governs the 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 people. That right. governs the churches, yeah, um, and so therefore you've got Methodist churches, uh, Episcopal churches, uh, North American uh, Anglican Church, uh, or Anglican Church of North America. You've got you've got all kinds of stuff. Episcopal. They they actually own the buildings of these churches, right? Yeah. And so if there's a departure, theologically or otherwise, from the denomination, you actually have to give up your building. We've heard stories of yeah. Anglicans, Episcopal. Episcopalians and all mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff, yeah. where they've departed theologically, either in a more conservative or generally the story yeah. is not away more yeah. liberal. They're they're more mostly going more well, conservative. Well, we see this and, with some of the United Methodists who want to split and go. You don't want to affirm, yeah, yeah. You don't want to affirm uh, lesbian ministers right. or something like that or or whatever so they, it is. So <clears throat> that's that's the key thing to understand about the SBC polity the government of the SBC. Because I don't know about you, Rob, but when you were at the SBC at the convention in 2021, one thing I was struck with was how true it is that the churches actually do govern the direction of the convention. Right, yeah. And when the EC got up and said, uh, we're going to go ahead and oversee this investigative report where we are the subject Mm -hmm. of this investigative report, and Grant Gaines gets up and says, nuh-uh. Bad idea. Bad idea. Like, we're going to oversee something that uh, we're going to oversee the investigation, you know. uh, And and at the time, we weren't saying, well, you're guilty. We're not going to. Right. We're not going to let somebody. We're not going to let a criminal handle his own investigation. So we were very careful not to say that. But we were saying you can't be neutral in this. Right. Yeah. And so the the churches spoke. I don't. I was super super encouraged. I know oh, yeah. I'm kind of moving in a different direction here, but kind of moving along here. But with the SBC. But at the at the 2021 um, convention, I was super encouraged with the response of the churches. I don't know if you remember yeah. everybody putting their, their oh, yeah. bright green mm-hmm. ballots Ballot, up yep. um, Rick, saying Rick, you that could, we you will enjoy not. This memory now, someday Rob, if you, you, if you, did, you, you told me that you came home and you did not vote for that. Stop it. Get right. out of here. <laughs> All right. It's great being here. Yeah, I'm out. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no. I mean, I was super, I mean, really, I you was dummy. super encouraged. I was super encouraged by 
how how unanimous it was of the churches when yeah. they said we 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 want an independent investigation. We do right. not want the EC involved right. with overseeing this, and uh, and we want this done now. Yeah, and um, no more games. And I, yeah. and I was super encouraged. I came home to my church and I said, "Praise the Lord." Yeah, we we there was some good steps. There were faithfulness. We yeah. said. Let's go to bat for these survivors. Let's mm-hmm. go to bat for these victims. Let's mm-hmm. do the right thing, and let's do whatever. It, let's do the right thing, whatever it costs. Right. right. I was super encouraged. There was after that, there was a situation with the executive committee, where some people in the executive committee wanted to retain attorney-client attorney-client privilege. privileges, and then some did not. Who who voted that they not retain that? Was that still the EC? You want names? No, just was that was that the SBC um, convention that voted for that, or was that a decision the executive committee made among themselves? Do you guys know? I, um, as I understand it, the the convention voted mm-hmm. um, for the EC to be investigated. I don't remember the details. I don't know if it got this specific, but the the spirit here's how i understand it the spirit of what the convention of churches wanted to happen within that independent investigation had to involve the waiving of attorney client privilege okay. and okay. other in other words if they didn't waive attorney client privilege it would actually defeat what the doing, entire point yeah. that the right. convention wanted and right. so again grant gains <clears throat> Because um, there was the, the head of the EC at the time, Ronnie Floyd, was contending against that. That's exactly right. right. And then he stepped down. Yeah. And I, I couldn't remember if, that, if he stepped down because the convention voted on that or because the, the EC had voted in, internally to, to relinquish those w- privileges. Was it the EC that voted? I, from what you said, the spirit of the motion okay. for the investigation to, to take place, a very thorough investigation, a transparent investigation would have been violated if attorney-client privilege was not given up. Okay. Now, the whole beef that many on the EC, when I say EC, I mean executive committee, had with waiving attorney-client privilege right. was that supposedly if they were to waive it, then it could open up the denomination to some severe liability that right. insurance would no longer cover. Yeah. And so if there's millions of dollars in payouts that need to happen to because of mishandling of stuff then the SBC, out of its own pocket, needs to pay right. that rather than the insurance that covers their liability. Mm-hmm. And so, from my understanding, the the attorneys that the SBC has hired on strongly recommended against it, yeah. against and waiving attorney-client so, privilege. And those were, sorry, those were attorneys that they've had for years, for decades. Yeah, I think so. But to go back for a second, let's just, let's lay the ground for the, for the guide, for this whole thing, right? Guidepost, independent report, they investigate the EC, Executive Committee of the SBC, which is, as we said, not a denomination. So I, I don't it's think they're just investigating the EC. I think they're investigating other entities as well. The whole thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, of the the SBC, which, again, is Association of Free Association of Churches who agree to some theological things and the missional things, uh, but are not a denomination in the strict sense of the word. They do their investigation seven months. Uh, I mean, can you imagine the amount of documents they had to pour through in conversations and interviews. Just just be clear here. Just looking at the report. Yes. Always be clear. 
Yeah, I just want to be clear. So, so the report of the independent investigation, the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee's response to sexual abuse allegations and an audit of the procedures and actions of the Credentials Committee. So I think the, the okay. scope okay. of the report was limited, the scope of the investigation, rather, was limited to the Executive Committee mm-hmm. and the Credentials Committee. Okay, that's helpful. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, they release uh, last Sunday, the 22nd of May, the report. 288 pages. Yep, released at 4 p.m. Um, and it is filled with, all I mean, horrendous things. But let's kind of start there. So this report comes out. People are reading about it in the news. They're reading, I mean, every news source I follow, American and foreign, it's on their websites about this stuff. Uh, what all is in the report? Not, yeah, don't so summarize everything, but like I was say, generalize. Pete, if you want to, want to go over the headings sure. there in the executive sure, summary. There's, there's, about, there's about four or five main, um, uh, main, main things that they wanted to highlight. Um, the allegations of abuse by EC staff and members. Um, so there's abuse within the, the, the members of the EC is how I read that. Um, secondly, the mishandling of abuse allegations. It's the mishandling of abuse allegations and mistreatment of victims. Yeah. Um, Another area of concern was there, there were patterns of intimidation of victims or advocates. So there was intimidation happening when people were coming forward and saying this type of abuse happened and, and so on and so forth. But then I think fourthly, according to the report, there was resistance to sexual abuse reform initiatives, which means... Uh, there was resistance given to uh, uh, given to victims and and otherwise by the <clears throat> by the executive committee to any kind of any kind of reform that needed to happen to uh, within the executive committee. So, for example, a victim would come forward, uh, bring an allegation, and then they would propose some solutions, some reform solutions, initiatives. And uh, and these and these uh, these EC personnel turned them down and, and suppressed them and so on yeah. and so forth. So it doesn't look good. And some looks- some some of the victims who came forward were labeled as contentious or yeah. adversarial. That's right. Um, or some were labeled as Potiphar's wife, um, trying to basically get get others in trouble right. um, by right. taking advantage of a potential situation. Um, just kind of, what's the term where you're seeking for an opportunity to get some finances? Um, Blackmail? No. Basically, like Framing? seeing just an opportunity. Just creating false allegations just, yeah. to, just to get ahead. In, in this and, Me Too age, right, where right, people are yeah. especially sensitive to it, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. And, and Pete, you had brought something up earlier before we, we started recording, just about talking about abuse. In the, the day and age we're in, there's so much falls into that. And we we want to be error on the side of um, listening to everyone, taking every single thing very, very, very extremely serious. But there are people who do manipulate. There are people who do uh, bad things, and they want to they want to see people fall. They want to you know manipulate all those things. So not to caveat, but we're saying that does exist. But obviously, the scope and the size and the magnitude of what's going on here is well beyond that. Right. Uh, you can't dismiss all those things with the with that argument. Right. 
But but acknowledging that does happen. Yes, yeah. it does happen. Um, and we need to be mindful of that. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> with that said, and feel free to redirect this. About, we've talked a little bit about the direction that we want to go, but this is pretty open forum. When it comes to the executive committee and the churches, it is important. We've already mentioned it, but it is important to note that the executive committee doesn't have the final authority here. And the churches do, which is a unique thing yeah. about a, the SBC, yeah. which is a, a good thing. It's a good thing. I, yes. mean, I mean, I've had several people from our church say, how long do we want to stay in the SBC with stuff like this? Like when we say we're a part of the SBC, that's going to bring some connotations that reports like this bring to light. And it is helpful to know that we are a part of a, quote, denomination that does give us the authority to, to put forward something like this, to say this is, yes, we do need to do invest, investigation, one. And two, here are the parameters. We need to make sure that things can't just be swept under the rug. So an executive committee, you should not oversee this. Mm-hmm. We should have somebody else oversee this. And the church has the final authority. So it's important to note that the churches do have that final authority. It's also important to note that when something like this happens in a denomination, like the SBC, the denomination, at the end of the day, can't say, here's what we're doing, um, therefore every church has to do it. And I say that as a good thing, because right. if the, as, as we've seen right now, the denomination has had some failings in this area, and right. if they had advocate for a certain way of going about things that led to these kind of results, then every church would have the same policies and procedures mm-hmm. that led to something like this. Whereas right. Right. we can say, hey, okay, the executive, executive committee failed. This, is, this mm-hmm. is not good. Right. However, here at our church, this is how we've done it. So right. people in the congregation, you need to know that, yes, there's some failings here that we need to be sensitive of, that we need to make sure that us as a denomination are pro or addressing yeah but we haven't taken that approach Mm -hmm. that they have we have a more robust way of dealing with this we have listened we have fill in the blank so hopefully that's encouraging whereas if it was a top-down here's the way that everybody has to go then a report like this would just be even more devastating because then every single church has to change the way they're doing things hopefully many churches now are adjusting things for the better however i say it's a good thing that the executive committee doesn't have final authority because there are churches who could be ahead of the executive committee in having better practices. Right. A a way for people to kind of, again, think through the the whole SBC independent church thing, this might be a really silly analogy. (laughs) I know exactly where you're going with this. Do you? Are you going federal government? No. Okay, go ahead. Uh, But maybe that's better. (laughs) I was just thinking like homeowners and homeowners associations. Okay. You own the home. It's yours. You agree to an association rules... And so, like, the association helps govern what the, the you know, how the neighborhood's going to go, in a sense. But everyone owns their own home. Right. Like, every church is autonomous. Mm-hmm. So, you, because the homeowner association maybe just completely, like, failed, it doesn't mean each homeowner has failed. Right. And that the homes are terrible and should be torn down. Yeah, that's helpful. Maybe it's helpful, maybe it's not, but yeah, he's, like, he's thinking through it. Yeah, I mean, the caveat, the giant, massive caveat to that is Baptist churches, by definition, yes. are autonomous. Correct. Yeah. And so for the, so the convention, the way you get into the convention is by affirming the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. It's not uh, what 
what procedures you adopt. So far, right. that's not the case. Right. And that's that. maybe we'll get into that when we get into the recommendations that happen that are listed at the end of the report. But I, I've got some, I wouldn't say concerns, I've just got some questions about, okay, this report has come out. This needs to, we need to get serious about, um, about uh, what we're going to do about these guys who have, who have done some serious, serious sin. So I'm all about that. We need to yeah. we need to get after that. But then they have these recommendations where they're thinking about creating a seventh entity. Okay. There's a seventh entity that is going to oversee some of these reforms and I've got some not concerns. I've just got you know my 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 foot is moving from the gas pedal to the brake pedal and I'm like whoa. Yeah. Hang on a second. Yeah. Um every single church within the Southern Baptist Convention is under the authority of Christ, not the authority of a seven entity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the number of completion, though, fellas. I mean, you got to see the irony of this. We've lost power. I was going to say, the fan just stopped. Wow. But anyway, okay. we've got power again. And there it's back. Wow. All right. Fair enough. Are we still recording? Yeah. Yeah, we are. So this is what it, this is what happens, yeah. listeners. When we record in the garage, there's a fan going. Excellent. You see, you hear, or you see, you hear uh, some loud neighbors driving by, and you hear kids in the background. So you're nice. welcome. But, but Pete, I want you to elaborate a little bit on that. So I've I've gone through about half of the full report, not the whole thing. So I haven't gotten to the bottom where it has the recommendations. Okay. So elaborate a little bit more on the recommendations and well, some okay. of your concerns with sure, it. Sure. Sure. Um, um, there are good recommendations. So I I know I painted that in a, in a, what, what might be perceived as a negative light, but they really, they really are good. I mean, we want to implement and oversee reforms within the Southern Baptist Convention. Do we not? We do not want EC members suppressing testimony of, of people who have said, I have been sexually abused, right? And no one's listening to me. We want that to stop. Yep. Um, so nobody's nobody's arguing with that. Can you also uh, just just in ahead. case anybody's looking at the report, what page are you on in the report? Oh, I'm on. Uh, looking at the recommendation. By many, anybody you mean you? Uh, yeah. how, how many people two sixty? Yeah. Yeah. You guys will turn in your reports to uh-huh. page two sixty. <laughs> page two sixty. Here right. we go. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Two fifty nine. No. It starts on two fifty nine. So yeah. recommendation yeah. EC one um, starts on two fifty nine. And it stretches for a while. I mean, they've got lots of recommendations. But number two is they consider the creation of an administrative entity to provide a permanent resource for prevention and response efforts related to sexual abuse. That's good. I like that. And if we want to create another entity, again, my concern is let's stay Baptist. Yes. Let's, Let's honor what the New Testament says about the authority of the local church. Yes. Um... And so, I know, okay, let's and leave and let's say this with charity. I yeah. know that that is what the the Southern Baptist Convention wants. Of course, right. So yeah. I, I'm right. not trying to have a hermeneutic of suspicion as I read this report. Yeah. We're just, we just want to be really protective of both the abuse victims and the polity of these churches yeah. that are making these crucial decisions. Right. And I, I do, I would say that you're, you're right to make sure that that is, or to have a concern that that is the case. Because if we're honest, the SBC has we are gone nothing if not honest. <laughs> right. The SBC has, has been fairly pragmatic in recent years. Like if it works, yeah. let's do it. If and it works, we need let's to do get it. there. 
we need to, we need a, we need to camp out on that point. Yeah, a little later. I, I, right, I, I, right, right. I, mean, I see I, what you're saying. Yeah, and and we need to talk so, about that. Right, and so that's we have a lot to, say, to talk about. Yeah, to say hey, I would really like to make sure we stay Baptist. That's perfectly fair to say because the SBC just in the last 10, 20 years has just made theology secondary. Sure, and put. I think you're right. Pragmatics as the primary thing. I think you're because right. they've used good language, and they even say it in the report here. We've allowed language like "don't let it hinder the mission" or "don't let it, don't let it upset the base," like things like that, to fuel the theology. But it needs to be the other way around, where the theology is fueling everything else. Well, so. and it took on that. I don't know if you remember this at the 2021 um, convention. It took on that tone. Yeah, it did. And I mean the negative one. Hmm. Uh, it took on the tone. Yeah, yeah, I, I stand by my comment before, which was the, the, the power of the churches to control the direction of the convention was clearly evident at that convention in 2021. Right. But when, when, when uh, the resolutions committee head, which I believe was James Merritt, got up and, and verbally rebuked an entire convention of churches yeah. saying... It sounds like you care if, if, if he said something along the lines of, I, if I could get churches to talk about evangelism and talk about Jesus half as much as you talk about the CRT, then we would win the, the world for Jesus. And I thought yeah. that was incredibly inappropriate. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was I, incredibly, I that. yeah. And I thought, I, you know, people said, oh, wow, amen to that. And I, listen, James Merritt loves the Lord. I mean, he's, he's a faithful pastor, but, but that, that is a case study yeah. of the kind of pragmatism that you're talking about where we can just as easily drift into this idea that the entity heads tell the churches what to do, and that is completely inappropriate. Yeah. And it's completely inconsistent with our polity as the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. And, and I, I do remember that. He was almost exasperated, and he, was, and he seemed was. really tired and annoyed at how much was being said about, he was about CRT, and he just got up and made that statement. And of course, like, Who's going to be against evangelism? Like, that's, you're going to get a huge roar. It was for, just the way he said it. And yeah, I, I exactly. just thought it was inappropriate. And it, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, but, but these recommendations are great. I mean, they, they really are. Create and maintain a resource toolbox for prevention and response. My church would really benefit from that. Right. I think all of our churches would really, really benefit from that. Provide support for establishing safe spaces through a self-certification program. That's I think that's, I think that's good. Enhance prevention resources. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Let's yep. get it. Let's let's bring some let's bring some people together and do that. Yep. Um, devote. This is EC number seven. Yep. On page two sixty seven. For those devote, of you who are reading, <laughs> just no, I want to be clear. Uh, devote resources to survivor support. Now this this is where the questions start to come into my mind. Um, where are the SBC dollars going for survivor support? Right. What does that mean? What does that look like? I think for the Southern Baptist Convention, I'm just, I'm not stating a position on it, but I will say, these are uncharted waters. Right. Um, yeah. And we 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 don't know how much money ought to be going to. Um, uh, we don't know how much money ought to be going to this. We don't know what kind of centers we need right. to build for this do we right. need to build any centers do we need to hire right. um, counseling mm-hmm. and what type of counseling are mm-hmm. we going to do right is this going to be mostly psychotherapeutic or is this going to be in the biblical counseling realm yeah um so there's all kinds of questions 
that we're going to be heading into in 2022 at Anaheim. Yep. And it's going to be interesting. Yeah. As a guy who's not in the SBC, you might find this ironic, but I do appreciate that you guys will be going to Anaheim. Well, Rob, you will. Are you guys sending any messengers? You'll be there. Uh, you'll be sending your good vibes to Anaheim. Thoughts, thoughts, and, <laughs> thoughts prayers. and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but like, yeah. it's when, when you see I'll these, be thoroughly present in Anaheim yeah. on uh-huh. social media. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the blessing that there will be like just good godly representation to work through these issues. I think what what happened the last convention emboldened people who are wanting truth and righteousness and godliness to prevail has emboldened and strengthened them. That man, we can't just we can't just assume they're doing the right thing. And we can't just assume they're gonna get it right. That's that has proven to be the fault for years now. Right. And to see just regular pastors, as you said, Pete, churches saying, No, we wanna get this right. Yeah. And you have a lot to work through there. Now so, something else that um came about with this was and P, I'd like to hear you elaborate more on this, was the list yeah. of names. Yeah. It was over 700 names, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. And one of the... the Clar- to clarify, abusers or, or survivors? Both. So That's I think over 700... List. Was it over 700 abusers? I want to say it was the, abuse, the abusers. Yeah. I'm not sure there were survivors. Well, I think they did listed. have some of the names of, the, of some of the victims, yeah, but they, they blacked them out. Oh, that was the redaction. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the so, so, okay. little clarification: they released this list, or excuse me, let's go further back. The executive committee has consistently said we can't have a central list or database mm-hmm. of ab- abusers mm-hmm. because of the autonomy of the local churches, mm-hmm. and people have pushed back against that, rightfully so, because they say, well, we do come together for mission with seminaries with with church planting, with sending missionaries, and there's central information there that we share. And so why can't we do the same thing with abusers? Um, And it can be voluntary. Like, it it doesn't have to be that you have to be in this system every so often. You have to take the recommendations that the system provides. Just have a system where... If someone is found to be guilty of abuse, they're in there. And so that way, if First Baptist Church in Arkansas is looking to hire somebody who's coming from First Baptist Church in California, they can say, hey, let's check this and see if this individual has ever been accused of abuse and been found guilty. Now, the information, the damning part of it was that they said, we can't have the central list. We can't keep track of all that because of the autonomy of the churches. And then it is revealed that there is an internal list. It just wasn't shared with people. Now, to be fair, not even the whole executive committee knew about this list. From my understanding, it was one staffer who was keeping a list of these names. And so they released it. And they released it as is. So the list will not be added to. There are redactions on it. But the redactions are um, of those who either have not been substantiated. Mm-hmm. So, hey, this person was accused, but not actually sure if anything came of it. Um, so, of the survivors and of the ones that have not actually been confirmed. So, if you look up this list, you'll find that there are redacted areas, black marks over text. Right. And rightfully so. If, it's, if it hasn't been confirmed, then right. let's not run someone's name through the mud. And then also, let's just keep the survivor's privacy 
to themselves. They said they will Absolutely. unredact as time goes on if some of those prove to be found true. Yeah. But for the meantime, the list has been revealed. It will not be added to. The only thing that will change is some of the redactions may be lifted. Right. I think another point of clarification on that, on that list that was published this past week, which I don't really know when that was, Tuesday, Something like Wednesday, that, yeah. uh, the week before the recording of this episode, the, the, the nature of the information was a gathering of uh, resources and information that was, um, it was, it was stuff that's on the internet. Yeah. I mean, these, this is not private. Right. They supplied links to different articles that were, that were, that had been published and posted in newspapers. And so there was an, an, an astronomic amount of research that this document represents. Um, so it's not as though there's private information. No, it's very public information. Right. And it's just listed there. And you're right, Rob. It's really, really helpful from the standpoint of churches hiring pastors to see if there are any... I mean, churches should be doing background checks anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you guys got background checks when you... Well, you're church planners. I don't know if you did background checks, but... I, I had like, to have a background check. Okay, Nam on yourself? Did. Yeah, I think Nam... Uh, runs oh, a background sure. Check on okay. You. Yeah. My church did a background check on me. I was really thankful for it. Um, I'm I'm really glad that they that they did that. That's safety for the church. It's safety right. for the gospel. It's it helps guard the the gospel. Just maybe where we need to yeah take the conversation. Take us there, Pete. Well, well, Brooke, you, you, were, you, you were about, you were about to say so, so yeah. So I was gonna say I think yeah. Same when I when we started our church plan, I was. Ordained in a, a separate denomination. We're not. We're non-denominational at this point. We are Baptist. Um, like every other non-denominational belief church. and polity. Baptistic. Uh, we're Baptistic. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah. we are. We we're love that. Um, so I, I think. I think that. No, I think actually, I'm here, and you guys are one of me. Yeah, we no, can't wait right. to join your yeah. denomination. Yeah, right. yeah. Start it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I, th- I think this is the this is the question. Okay, so then what? Abuse. Right. Yeah. Scandal. Heartbreak. I mean, there's a story about the SBC president Johnny Hunt and what he has. I yeah, mean, that's just awful. Just heartbreaking things, but not new in the sense that men fall into sin, they hide sin, they abuse right. people, all these things. What What do we as Christians, as speak to Christians, speak to to pastors? Like you, you look at the call of the church, and then you see this report, and you think, how do they go so wrong? Yeah. And we answered part of that with like, okay, so there's. It's not exactly a denomination. This is a kind of a, a handful of people, really, who have perpetuated a problem. Here's the situation, and, and this is where we're at. But as Christians, man, we're called to forgive. We're called to trust in Christ. We're called to share the gospel, make disciples. So we still need to be reaching our neighbors with the message of Christ. We don't just kind of throw in the towel and say, well, I guess, you know, I guess because these guys screwed up, our faith is null and void. Right. right? It's not what we want to saying that's not true at all but where do we go with those people who are man, they're they're having a really hard time with what is the church and why should i be a part of it right so something that that's helpful just as i think about about this is just saying very clearly that abuse especially sexual abuse yeah is in, in some ways, in a front of the gospel, in that we've been made in the image of God, and for yeah. someone to yeah. take the image of God and abuse it right. is a massive thing. Oh, yeah. So for us yeah. to be devoting this amount of time to something like this, 
is rightfully so. I mean, it's rightfully so that we would take this amount of time. It's also interesting to me, as I, as I think about this, that the two big issues, um, there's probably a third if you want to throw CRT in there, but the two big issues in the SBC recently have been this and women in ministry in terms of being pastors, ministers. And so it's funny to me how it goes back to Genesis 3 when after the fall, God says to the woman, he says, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. The effects of the fall we're even seeing right now in the SBC where women desire the positions of men, contrary to men leading. Yeah. And men are ruling over in an abusive way. And so we see God saying from the fall that, hey, to the woman, you're going to desire the role of your husband and he's going to rule over you. And so man's tendency is to rule in an abusive way, which we're seeing here with men who are in positions of power, abusing individuals. And then we see the other big case in the SBC of women being pastors where they're desiring the roles of of men. And so even here we see this expounded. So it's interesting to me that we see that. But just again, to, to put it into perspective, when an individual takes the a person made in the image of God and decides to abuse that person, sexually especially, for the sake of their own personal gratification, it is an affront on what Christ has done for that individual. And so us talking about this is a, is a good thing. But before we went further, I just wanted to yeah. elaborate a little bit how even still, even today, we are seeing the effects of Genesis 3.16. 3.15, yes. where he yeah. talks about the fall and the gospel. And then 3.16, we see here's what's going to happen. Men may rule in an abusive way. Yeah. Effects of the fall. Women are going to desire the roles of men. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's as you think about Genesis in the fall and you realize the repercussions is we're all sinful. Right? Right. We're all prone to sin. And even as we evaluate these things, these stories, checking our own heart, um, that we don't then fall into temptation, that we don't then become abusers because we've neglected to guard our heart, we've neglected to, to strive for holiness and godliness, and we have kind of shrouded ourselves in. But with all that, the world's broken, all these things, the church and it's, it's full of, of sinful people who Christ is re, has redeemed and he is making them holy. And they are, right. uh, and he will finish that work. And I, I think when you hear of news like this, the, the reaction can be, well, where is the, where, it's hopeless. If, if, the, if the, the holy men of God are doing these things, if, if the spiritual leaders are, like it feels hopeless. And just thinking about in Titus, when, Paul says to Titus, like he reminds him that grace has appeared, and a kind of grace that leads to godliness. It's a, a, a renewal um, that through the, the work of the Holy Spirit to sanctify, to make us holy. And I feel like when we take our eyes off of what Christ is doing with His people through uh, the Holy Spirit, and we just kind of begin to look at just the church, just a, a, a like a. a two-dimensional level, just a plain lateral level, and we don't see Christ working and bringing about holiness, then it's easy for us to become frustrated or, or lose heart and just kind of give up. Instead of saying, no, like, man, 
Christ has come, and our hope is that he is working to make us all righteous. But when we look at a human, uh, at humans for hope, we go wrong. We look, when we look to Christ and what Christ is doing, that's what, what he's done on the cross for us and what he's continuing to do through us to make us more like him. That is then our hope. Right. And so to the church member or to, or to the, those people who are like, man, what's the point? Like, the churches are rife with, with scandal and all these things. I, I think we had to clarify, one, that they're, they're, Christ has redeemed his church, mm-hmm. and he will make his church holy. And no amount of, of our, our sin or our flesh will prevent that. He, he will do that. We need to trust in that. Maybe not put all of our trust into an entity that's, that will pass away, like the SBC right. or the PCA or whatever. Right. But Christ will fulfill his mission to make his people holy. Mm-hmm. And we have to trust in that. Yeah, the gates of Hades will not, will not prevail against the church. It might prevail against the SBC. It might prevail against the PCA or the Episcopalians or whatever denomination you want to put out, but it will not prevail against the universal church. There's also, there's also, a, there's also an element of mystery to this whole thing. I mean, we're not talking about we're not talking about politics here. I mean, you would expect there to be corruption within, right? You know, politicians and unregenerate, unconverted, unbelieving. Yep. You know, you would expect that, and you wouldn't be as shocked by it. But I think what what lends to the 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 shock and awe that the Southern Baptist churches are feeling right now is that. We have people who claim to fit all of the categories that you just talked about, Rick. Right. So if you were to ask, you just sit down with Johnny Hunt, Paige Patterson, all of these guys, and say, what is your only hope in life and death? Right. First of all, they would have no idea what you're saying because that's the Heidelberg Catechism. <laughs> right. And they're not reformed. But, <laughs> but, but you get my point. Right. Uh, you know, what is your only hope in life and death? That I am not my own, but, but belong, belong body and soul, life and death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. Right. right? They would say right. all of that. Yeah. But what's 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 mysterious about this is that those who claim to have been justified by faith can suppress mm-hmm. victims' testimonies, be it true or not. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sitting here and judging. But, but when these allegations have come forward, they are treasuring the institutions right. more than righteousness yeah. itself. Right. Yeah. And and that <clears throat> s- smacks of a heart. That is unregenerate. Mm, yeah, I'm not saying Paige Patterson and Johnny Hunt are not Christians, but I'm saying the behavior, the behavior yeah. smacks of yeah. of a of a heart that is far more in love with this world than the kingdom of God. Yeah, and and that's what's so painful about this. And I and I'm not saying again. I I want to I want to stick to my guns here. I'm not saying no. These people are unconverted or anything like that. I'm saying that's part of the pain. Yeah. That's part of the sorrow of right. this whole thing. We, we're 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 stuck in this already, but not yet time frame where we're simultaneously justified and sinners. So, yeah. so do and, you say though to the to the to people who are in the church? Do you say, in reference to your rec, your comment there, hey, there's going to be people like that. Just in, endure and press on, and uh, Christ is returning. Right. Period. In a sense. Yes, but but there's more than that. Yeah. So what I prayed in my what I prayed in my pastoral prayer yesterday, as of recording this episode, 
what I prayed in my pastoral prayer yesterday was, Lord, let the right response, hopefully, the right response of the convention of churches to be in your providence a means of their healing. Does it make sense? Unpack so, it. so, in other words, one of the things that I, I would think that a lot of victims are crying for is not simply, hey, you know, write me a check. Right. You know, right. that's cheap. I don't think we can just look at all the victims and say, hey, they're just they're just part of the Me Too movement. They're the, the, the worst parts of the Me Too movement and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. They actually want justice. Right. They actually want righteousness to prevail. I think we can in love believe that. And 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 God, you know this. I mean, we're all we're all good Calvinists here, and we right. know that God uses means to accomplish his mm-hmm. decretive will. Yeah. yeah. And and one of the ways in which that we can we can be praying as churches is that the pursuit of righteousness will be a kind of balm to the to the right. hurting souls yeah. of those who have gone through this kind of abuse and right. you know the 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 firing and um, the punitive action if i can put it that way mm-hmm. of the spc towards these abusers whoever they are um strangely enough it can actually be uh quite healing yeah helpful to those who are uh, experiencing abuse and and it's not going to solve all of their issues i wouldn't claim that but um but but by god's grace uh, righteousness prevailing as much as it can on this side of glory yeah it can actually be quite healing to to those who have gone through all kinds of abuse what what would you guys say this is a, a, a big question someone's listening some they've been, they were in some church and they were abused they've been abused by pastor elders, those in leadership, and they are—they have not walked out on their faith. They're like I believe in Jesus, I, I think I still believe the Bible. I want to do this, but man, I just can't see how. What like what, what encouragement? Um, I know that's a, that's a very broad question, a general thing. We're not talking about a specific case, but yeah, encourage that brother or sister. Yeah, I so I might not. I might not be answering your question. Maybe I am. I don't know. But what would you say to someone who said, "Man, I've been really burnt by the church. I've been abused." So not just like, yeah. "Oh, they didn't." Whatever. I've been abused by yeah. leaders in the church. Because we may have someone listening to this episode who right. went through the very abuse that we're yeah. condemning. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. There's, yeah a good, so, there's a good chance of that. So f- first thing, um, if you are on the front end of that, where you are, maybe you recently experienced it, you're not sure what to do. Tell your church leaders. Like, do not, do not say oh i can't because it'll be too much fallout like tell your church leaders maybe you're in a church with one pastor and just some other leaders and it was the pastor who did it tell other people i'm not saying go blast on social media but i'm saying tell someone in leadership about this now with that said if you're in church leadership then what you need to do is make sure that you're taking every claim seriously don't just say, oh, Pastor so-and-so would never do that. Oh, you just took the joke the wrong way. Like, you, he didn't mean anything by that. You know, like, you need to make sure that you're taking it seriously. And two, in most cases, you need to inform the authorities. And so don't just say, well, this is a church matter. We're going to take care. No, inform the authorities. Because here, here's the thing. One, it shows that you're taking it seriously. And two, it helps show, like, hey, we want 
righteousness here. We want justice here. And so we are willing to, even if it hurts temporarily the reputation of this church because authorities are looking into things, we want to be on the front end of this and yeah. say we are going to investigate with every opportunity that we can. That's, that's one of the encouraging things about this report is that, thankfully, this report did not come from the Houston Chronicle, you know, whereas in 2019, that hurt because that was a bomb, like, wow, we've had a blind eye towards this. This is really, this is painful. And so, thankfully, the messengers had it to, to where we are going to investigate this. It's going to be done by a third party, and then the findings are going to be made public, not just to the denomination, but to the whole world. We're going to put ourselves on stage and say, this is who we are. So, grateful that we were the ones to spearhead that, even though something's yeah. happening out there, even though is really painful yeah. findings. And so if you are someone who has experienced abuse and maybe you're just burned, yeah. man, just the pastor in me mm-hmm. just wants to hear everything that you have to say mm-hmm. and just say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the church, mm-hmm. this side of glory is filled with people who continue to sin. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make this any easier, yeah. just to say a sweeping statement like that. Mm-hmm. But the difference between true followers of Christ and those who are followers of Christ in name only is that they take sin seriously mm-hmm. and they try to put it to That's death. Right. And so if you tell these things to someone who is a genuine follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. then the response should be, brother, sister, we are so sorry that you've experienced this. We will do everything in our power to make this right, to look into this, to bring to light what was in the dark, and to take the necessary steps going forward to make sure this doesn't happen again, and to make yeah. sure that the person who abused you yeah. does not have the opportunity to do this again. Yeah. That's in an ideal world. I think, I think, too, the other thing that we need to tell anyone who might be listening today or whatever. Yeah who has experienced abuse, if I could borrow a phrase and maybe just turn it a little bit, I yeah. borrow this from Richard Sibbs, there is more mercy in Christ than there is sin in the church. Yes. Amen. Right. You know? That's good. Like, the Lord Jesus Christ is not oblivious to the sins of his people, mm-hmm. and for those who have undergone this kind of abuse at the hands of wicked men, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the Lord is... It, the Lord is not going to be silent, certainly on the last day. Right. Correct. And, and vengeance belongs to the judge, yeah. to the just judge of the universe, and he mm-hmm. is more than, if, than sufficient. He is more than capable of sorting all of that out on the last day. That's right. And there will be a day. So I just preached on James yesterday, and he said, be patient, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Because at that day, there will be an end to tears, sorrow, sexual abuse, child abuse, yeah. all kinds of things. All, the, all, of that, all of what makes our world a broken world, Jesus is going to put an end to it. But in the meantime, in the here and now, in this already but not yet, Christ stands at the side of his Father acting as a good and perfect advocate for anyone who has gone through any kind of abuse. And in him, there is more mercy than there is sin in those who have abused you. Yeah. 
and and Christ has all the treasures and the riches of heaven at his disposal and he can and he can pour it down on you. Yeah, and amen. and there's healing in Christ. Yeah. There is healing in Christ. Yeah. And and yet just yeah. to every everything you said is so good there. But just to even elaborate more so on that, don't walk away from the one, the only one who will never abuse his authority. Yeah. The one who feels for you, the one who cares for you more than anyone else could. There will be people who, in the name of Christ, sin. And there will be people who are genuine Christians who do this. There will be people who are not Christians, who are wolves in sheep's clothing, who do this. And sometimes we can't tell the difference. That's right. But he can. That's right. And he cares for you, and he sees this. And to your point, at the very least, this will be addressed on the last day. Oh, amen. We pray that it will be addressed before the last day comes. But at the very least. Ultimately and finally. Yes, it will be made right. And don't walk away from the one, the only one who will never abuse his authority over you, the one who will always be faithful to you. Don't walk away from him because someone used his name and a person in a position of authority in the name of Christ ended up abusing you. That's right. And and the church is called the bride, not the bride of the SBC. That's right. The church is called the bride of Christ. And so, now I'm not trying to sound harsh here, but 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 the but the but the reaction understandably, but 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 nonetheless, the reaction of many is going to be to walk away from the bride of Christ. Right. And to walk away from the bride of Christ, um, it, it, it is inconsistent with the life of a Christian to try to love Christ and not and not be a part of the bride of Christ. Right. Uh, so so um, uh, you you have to you have to love Christ and let your love for Christ be what gives you the grace to yeah. love the church in her worst condition. And you just have to trust the Lord that at the last day, that whole bride, the entirety of the bride of Christ, Mm -hmm. those for whom Christ shed his blood on the cross, will one day be glorified. Because those whom he justifies, those whom he calls, he also justifies. Those whom he justifies, he also glorifies. Yeah, amen. Yeah, well, that seems like a great spot to end it. Well, let me say one more thing. Okay, this is not a good spot to end it. (laughs) Rick's been looking at his watch this whole time. I was just like, as soon as he tries to wrap this up, I'm going to say one more thing. But I do want to say one more thing. Can can, I say one more thing? You can say, it's your time. Is it? Okay. I mean, we're here for all this. Okay, all right. Um, One thing, one more thing that I want to highlight as it relates to this entire thing, and I don't know if you've seen this, Rob, online, social media specifically, but... One of the things that the SBC tends to do, because we're very pragmatic, very, very pragmatic denomination, if I can use that word. Right. Um, One of the reasons that's been stated online about why we need to handle this well Hmm. is because the world is watching. Yeah, yep. Right. Which is true, by the way. Yes. Like, A, the world is watching, and B, one of the motivations to do this well is because the gospel and evangelism is right there. Yeah. But I will tell you one thing. One one thing that I, I might even say one of the only things that's going to solve this issue ultimately and finally, uh, this side of glory, obviously, is going to be true spirit wrought revival. Right. And clarify. Okay, spirit wrought revival. I'm talking about great awakening type of thing. 
And if you look at the Great Awakening, if you look at if you look at what happened within the Great Awakening, mm-hmm. Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, all those things, what brought that about was a the preaching of the Word of God, mm-hmm. and heartfelt yeah. broken repentance, brokenness yes. over our yeah. sin. Yeah. It, 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 certainly, it was the glory of Christ and His and His sufficiency to cover those sins. Yes, because we 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 despaired of our sins and then we ran to the cross. That's right. what brought about revival. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit brought conviction of sin, and 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 so therefore, this is the kind of the point that I was trying to make. Therefore, one of the only things that's going to bring about true confession, true repentance over the sins of our convention collectively, but even individually as well, is knowing that the primary audience who is watching us is the triune God. Yeah. And he is holy. Right. He hates sin. Yeah. He despises sin. It was yeah. sin that the Lord Jesus bore in his own body on the tree. Right. And and he hates sin. Right. And so the so the so the primary motivation can't be the world's watching. That's it. The primary motivation is God, the triune God, is holy, and we have been unholy. Yeah. yeah. And if we do not repent, there will be we will answer for it on the judgment day. Right. Yes. We we won't answer for the condemnation. There's no condemnation to those right. who are in Christ right. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Amen and amen. We're justified by faith. We have the righteousness, the imputed righteousness of Christ. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, there will be a judgment day for, for Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will answer for how we have overlooked the sins of oppressors right. and how we have not taken care of the oppressed. Yeah. Right. And so if we want real repentance, if we want real revival, if we want real change, it's going to have to start with the holiness of God. Yeah. And we're going to have to, we're going to, have to claim that. We're going to have to realize that. We're going to have to act accordingly. Yeah, that's good. I, and that was the thing that last year at the at the convention that just kept being said on repeat, the world is watching, the world is watching. Yeah. And it drives me nuts. Because, yes, of course, we want to be yeah, a good amen. witness. Yeah. They are watching. Yeah, like, that, that's the thing. Like, it's a true it's thing. Not, exactly. It's not something that we want to throw totally out. But the thing that, to your point, needs to be at the forefront of our minds is that God is watching. Amen. And if, when we look at this situation or any other situation in the SBC or any other denomination for that matter, the question is, are, are we really believing Second mm-hmm. Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Like this situation here that we're talking about, the Guidestone Report of Sexual Abuse, do we really believe that the Scriptures are sufficient to guide us mm. in, in the right next? right next step or are we so consumed with what the world thinks that we're going to put what works ahead of that let's let's not jump to the solution what based off what the world thinks because the world's watching let's look at the scriptures let's understand clearly who god is what he demands of us and to your point pete let's let's repent and even if that costs us the base everything yeah ronnie everything Ronnie Floyd, I'm sure he's a, he's a godly guy, but one of the things that was in that report was him and Russell Moore, and I've got differences with Russell Moore, sure. but him and Russell Moore going back and forth, and Ronnie's primary concern was, well, what about the base? What about the base? We're going to lose the base. Fine. So be it. 
that, that's whether, it. Yeah. What, what, what does it profit a man to gain the whole the world whole, and lose his own soul? Right, right, right. And so that, that's, that's the thing, just building off of what you're saying. God is our primary audience. Amen. And yes, the world is watching, but let's show the world that God is our primary audience. Yeah. That this is who we submit ourselves to. Yeah. Do you not, want to display the gospel to the world? You want to display the gospel to the world? Show them what repentance and faith looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's if what, you show them what repentance and faith looks like, then you will also be able to show them what mercy and forgiveness looks like. Amen. 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 Yeah. What flying to the cross and casting yourself upon the mercy of Christ looks like. Yeah. Amen. This seems like a great place to keep going. <laughs> but we're going to stop. <laughs> you stop. No. Right. That's all I want to say. We, if you guys have any more thoughts, I don't want to cut any, anyone off. There's plenty more that could be said. We've been yeah. going for over an hour now. so I got, a, I got an, uh, an article here written by uh, Griffin Goolidge on the, on the uh, Gospel Coalition website that you guys might want to put in your Send show it to notes. Me. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can link to it. I'll link to it, the report got, and to this He's got some great article. answers to the question, what now? Yeah. What do we do now? Mm. Right. And he's got a great... It yeah. really is a good article. And, and, and Griffin uh, was operating right alongside with Grant Gaines mm-hmm. in making, holding the EC's feet to the fire through this whole time and pressuring them to waive attorney-client privilege. Yeah, good. And they did a great job. Griffin's great. And um, so your, your, your listeners might, might really benefit from reading his article on the Gospel Coalition website. That's good. Excellent. Yeah, well, I appreciate you, Pete, coming on mm-hmm. for this special episode on one topic, the Southern Baptist Convention. Special edition of the briefing. That's special right. Special edition of Simple Theology, <laughs> um, which I think is bigger than the briefing. I haven't looked at the numbers lately, yeah. but I think it's pretty. Oh, yeah. I think we're... Poor Al. You know, I'm he's sure really going to go Al big who? as soon as he gets on your podcast. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, he's, yeah. he's emailed us a few and times. And I wanted you know? to let you guys know that <clears throat> now that I've been on the pod... <laughs> I want you to know, and I want this to be clear, that I will not forget you. Ah, when I, I rise that. to stardom, <laughs> like this, I just know that we're going to be able to track my, the, the success of my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to this moment. In Big Eva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exponentially when I, when the cash yep. When the cash starts flowing yeah. in, That's right. I'm not going to forget you guys. Yeah. We appreciate that greatly. Okay. All right. Yeah, you, really you remember I appreciate down it. here in the garage. Absolutely. But hey, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, as always, you can go to simpletheology.org and find all the ways to connect. We appreciate you, and we appreciate Pete? the SBC. You pointed at Pete and said the SBC. <laughs> <laughs> the embodiment of the SBC. I mean, I'm not offended. We just but... threw the SBC under the bus and yeah. said how many ways. We do love the SBC. Uh, I think Pete and I would both tie, agree with that. He's trying to tie this up, and we keep... That's all right, guys. Keep, keep going forward. Usually Rob, is the, his, he's the... the, the uh, closer if yeah you will. i'll show you how this is done okay hey guys <laughs> really appreciate you listening um and you can find everything you need at simpletheology.org peace out peace.